that order podcast can be way episode four seven one speeding right along steve schmee and the rickster ricky v rock in the house what's up buddy hey what's up steve what's up guys how's everybody doing out there and in this podcast we're still revisiting some old and good episodes that uh steve and i have done in the past now uh what's great about this is we're 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 kind of picking and choose we're kind of picking and choosing some good podcasts and we're stacking them up double so uh these episodes are extra long uh they're twice the length than our normal episodes and uh you're sure to enjoy them i know so the episode that I'm going to revisit today, which I think is a really nice one, is the SARMS wrap-up show, episode 360. We did a whole SARMS series. Uh, we started all the way back in episode 344 with Nutriball, uh, 346, YK11. Uh, we did, oh, back then we did 330, Carter and GW, 332, uh, Testalone, uh, 342, LGDA. Anyway, we wrapped it all up. There's more. We did Rad. We did a couple more. Then we wrapped it all up in episode number 360. That's the first one you're going to listen to uh, right after Steve and I are done introing this show. And then you're going to hear a second episode that Steve thought of would be a good one to go along with 360. And what episode is that, Steve? What episode did you pick out for the bros here uh, for them to listen after 360? So 309 was the one I picked. This was a steroid myths busted episode. We went over 10 really good steroid myths. Everything from steroids, do steroids burn fat, to can you keep your gains long term, to do steroids, injectable steroids affect your liver, to can steroids make you a great athlete, you know, like can you throw a football 70 yards being on steroids, all kinds of myths out there that we go over and we kind of dispel the myths and we kind of debate the myths back and forth. So I think it's a really good episode for those of you who are both veterans to the steroid game, but also those of you who are new to the steroid game, just so you can kind of understand some of these myths. And if you have buddies of yours or something, you can kind of dispel those myths um, by using some of the logic that we use in the episode. So 309, really, really good episode on steroid missing. It was one of the more popular episodes as well. That is awesome. So without further ado, here are the two podcasts for today. Anyway, so it's recording now. I'm going to mute my mic and let me know when you're ready. Okay. Yeah, ready when you are. I can't see you, though. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way, number 309. Steve Smee here and the big R man, Rick. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, guys. So this is episode podcast 309, and we have a fun one ahead. We're going to talk about myths in this one. We're going to hit you with nine of the biggest myths we could come up with. And we've been racking our brains to come up with them. Three of the biggest steroid myths. And then we got a 10th topic, which is gonna be a fun relationship topic. But let's first hit the first myth, Rick. So you came up with the idea for this, Rick. Tell me a little bit about why you wanna do this podcast. 
All right, yeah, so just uh, we're going to go down some myths all related to uh, steroids and training and, and the lifestyle. And, um, and Steve, you're going to go down the list in the myths, and you're going to tell me if you think the myth has no merit, if it's plausible, or if you think it's not a myth at all. And I'll tell you if I think it's a myth, if it's plausible, or, why, or if it's not a myth at all. So we'll have a, we'll, you and I will have to rate each myth and just back up our and back up our rating, obviously, right? So, um, so that's it, man. Just let's hit it. You ready to go? Got the list in front of you? Yeah. So the first no, one, steroids. Yes. First one is steroids burn fat. Myth or not? So this one is mostly myth because steroids, this is why, Rick, and you tell me if you disagree with this, steroids were designed for muscle wasting, to prevent muscle wasting. Now, a couple of them were designed specifically for bodybuilding, but that's to build muscle, build strength. They weren't designed actually to target fat. Now, there is some studies and some evidence that Anavar can burn body fat by doing a couple different things, and like boosting metabolic rate, for example, and you know, other things, so small, minor things like that. But let's say you're 30% body fat, you can go and you go on steroids. You're not going to lose fat unless you change your diet and you start, especially changing your diet, but also, you know, a little bit of exercise obviously doesn't, doesn't hurt either. But I can't tell you how many guys who have gone on steroids who've been 15, 20, 25% body fat and think that they can just take steroids and burn away all their fat and get under 10%. It just doesn't work like that. You really already have to be lean if you want to get that body that you really want. You can't just depend on steroids to give it to you. What do you think? Yes, yeah, steroids don't directly burn fat. They can have some effects further up the line that can cause fat burning. But, I mean, uh, you know, smoking cigarettes, nicotine has some effects up the line that will cause fat burning down the line, just like steroids do. So can they contribute? They can contribute to a cutting program. They don't burn fat on their own, on the spot present there when it's happening, the way, say, like GW does. So no, they don't, they don't particularly uh, burn fat. Um, they help in a fat-burning regimen. They help you not lose your muscle mass as you cut calories and you're losing fat. You'll maintain most of your muscle mass if you're taking the right kind of steroids and training properly, you might even gain a little bit of muscle mass. So overall, once your diet program or your, of your cutting cycle is done, you would have had better results and burn more fat while being on steroids than not. But down to the molecular level, they don't, they don't actually burn, burn fat uh, in any way. That, that's my spiel on it. All right, guys, so the next one that we're going to talk about, number two myth that we're going to discuss, you can keep your gains long term. So this is another one that's mostly myth, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. There's something called homeostasis in body memory that's involved here. Now, as you get older, if you notice your favorite professional athletes, they get older, they get into their 30s, they get into their 40s, they no longer perform like they did when they were in their 20s and early 30s. 
and they go into retirement and they're replaced with younger guys. As we get older, our bodies don't perform the same way. No matter how much steroids you want to take, no matter how much HGH you want to take, it's just not going to happen. So to think that, yeah, I can just take steroids and gain forever, it's just not going to happen. It's called homeostasis. Your body is going to want to shed the excess muscle. Your body's going to want to wear itself down. It's just your, your disc health and your spine is going to get worn down. Your nerves are going to start getting pinched. You're going to start getting cartilage and your joints that get rubbed away. So no, you just can't keep gaining forever. And what we've seen is the, the top bodybuilders are actually late thirties, very early forties. And then they fall off once they get in their mid forties, late forties, obviously they fall off. So you're not just going to gain, if you start lift bodybuilding at 20, let's say you start using steroids at 20, you're going to get results. If you stay healthy and you keep killing it, you're going to get results year after year, slowly improve, but then it's going to come to a point where you're no, you're no longer going to improve anymore and you're going to start dipping back down. So that's why I say that you can keep your gains long-term is a myth because you really can't. And then also when you come off steroids, you're not getting those androgens anymore. You're not getting that, that uh, unnatural excessive hormones in your body. So let's say you ran steroids for five years, okay? And every, each year you ran two cycles and you put on, say, 20 pounds of good quality mass. You added like 100 pounds to your bench. And then you just stop using steroids. You're going to lose strength. You're going to lo start losing strength because you don't have those androgens anymore in your body. You don't have those steroids performing what they were doing. And you're going to start losing that muscle mass that you put on. Now, if you put on muscle mass slowly over time, there's a better chance that you'll keep, keep it for a longer point of time versus someone who just hopped on steroids and put on a bunch of weight really, really fast. So it depends. Each person is different. But um, I think this is mostly a myth, and uh, it's, a, it's a complicated one. But, Rick, what do you think? Can you simplify it a little bit, maybe? It's a myth with a hint of truth. And here, uh, I'll tell you where is the actual permanent gains from steroids, and then I'll go into why this is a myth, and there are no real permanent gains from steroids. So the only permanent gains you're going to see from steroids are going to happen in the following way. is when you've been training your body, your muscles, for five to maybe eight years, Natty, where you push yourself to the point where your genetic limitations will take you. And then you throw a cycle on top of that. You can keep, depending on how big of a guy you are, 10, 15, maybe 20 pounds off of that first cycle. And even if you never touch steroids again, you will be able to keep some of that mass long-term from your first cycle after five years of natural training. And you'll just keep it just with the natural testosterone levels would be enough to keep and hold on to that mass. Same scenario, five, eight years of good, solid training. Second, third cycle, you'll keep a little bit of permanent mass after those as well. After your third cycle, though, that's it. You've, about, you've gained about as much permanent mass that you will be able to keep with your natural testosterone levels. Anything you put on on your fourth and fifth cycle and sixth cycle, now you're looking at playing catch-up. 
You're going to make some, some good bit of progress. You have to post-cycle therapy properly, you know, with HE generate and to generate uh, ES version and, and Clomid to make sure that you uh, regain your natural testosterone production and, and hold on to that mass. You might need to bridge in between cycles. You know, I, I have a great product called bridge on N2BM.com and you're going to maybe take some SARMs in the middle to hold on to that mass. And really once you've, gained those, those permanent, you know, depending on how big of a guy you are, those permanent 10, 20, maybe 30 pounds that you'll be able to keep from your first one or three cycles, everything else, you're just playing catch up. Anything else more than that, your body just doesn't produce enough androgens naturally to hold on to all of that mass. It's always going to try to melt away from you no matter what. Once you get into the competitive levels where you see these guys that are huge all year round, uh, they're on something, you know, m most of the year. You get some exceptions here or there, guys that are uh, genetic freaks and just naturally uh, big guys and, and are, we're going to look ripped anyway, even without steroids. And then they put steroids on top of that and hard work in the gym. and They look amazing. But for the most part, most of us are uh, mere mortals. Uh, that's how it's going to work. You, you will only keep, those first pounds from the first three cycles. Anything else, it's it's a lifestyle You because you're going to be playing catch-up all the time, no matter what. All right, guys. So next myth, myth number three, injectable steroids do not affect liver. So this one, this one is can be true in certain, uh, depends on the injectable steroid. So, um, Rick, I'm going to bring you on this one. What do you think? Do you agree with that? That certain steroids affect your liver if they're injectables, but certain ones do? I'm looking at a package insert on my desk right now from Nibido, uh, from the Bayer uh, sharing brand. They make uh, human-grade testosterone for the South American market. And in the package insert from Bayer, it warns you about testosterone affecting your liver. Any steroid is going to affect your liver. They affect everything from your cholesterol levels to even the way your kidneys function to a lot of different things, even the way your brain functions. So absolutely, they do have an effect on your liver. You do need to take Entugard with them. The reason why injectables are not known as much for giving you liver problems is because injectables are being compared to oral steroids. And oral steroids completely wreck your liver. Oral steroids, you can only use them for a very short period of time. And when they start to affect your liver, they make you tired and sleepy. So the only reason people don't regard injectable steroids as hurting their liver or don't see them, see them that way is because they're comparing them to oral steroids. But I'm telling you guys, if oral steroids never existed and all we had were injectables, then we'd be talking about liver damage and liver support for injectable steroids it's just because it's just because orals do so much worse that we we think uh that injectables are are, are close to being 100 percent safe and they're not you do need liver support all right guys i think n2 guards are really good option on cycle no matter what you're running and that's going to help you with all your organs, not just your liver, but all your organs. Too many people just focus on the liver. I think that's a myth. Everyone 
thinks, oh, yeah, I just have to worry about my liver. They don't realize your heart takes a beating on steroids. Your organs, all your organs take a beating on steroids. Even your skin takes a beating on steroids. Your prostate takes a beating on steroids. Everything in your body takes a beating. So you really need to run an all-in-one supplement or product. That's why I recommend Intuguard to all my clients, 7 to 10 caps a day. Yeah, and one thing about Intuguard, guys, is that it is also a multivitamin. So uh, you don't need to take a multivitamin if you're taking Entuguard because that's already included in there. So Entuguard really, if you're on steroids and you are taking a multivitamin, which you should, just take Entuguard. That'll serve as your multi. It'll also have liver support in there. It'll have things in there for your cholesterol, for your blood pressure, even water retention. I mean, it's all, in, it's all there. It's 44 ingredients. Very heavy, strong product, seven capsules you have to take per day, and, and it's all there. So it's also your multivitamin, guys. So if you're on an injectable, you know, make sure to take that into guard. All right, guys, myth number four, and this one is really, really, I'd say 95% of people out there believe this, that steroids make you a great athlete. And this kind of annoys the shit out of me. Every time we see a player, you know, in a professional sport get busted for steroids, you always have these geniuses that have to comment and they go on there and say, oh, yeah, they're just athletes. They're professional athletes because they cheated because they took steroids. As if these guys, you know, it's the steroids that made them professional athletes and not because they had the God-given or gen genetic, blessed genetics from their uh, mommy and daddy that gave them the ability to be professional athletes in the first place. Yeah, they, took, they may have taken steroids and got busted for it. The steroids gave them a little bit of an uh, edge, a little bit, but it's not the steroids that made them professional athletes. Have you ever been to an NFL training camp and stayed after and then waited for the athletes to come and sign autographs and seen these guys up close? They're freaking monsters, man. Their fucking arms are the size of your fucking head. I mean, they're fucking monsters, bro. They, they could snap a person in half just, you know, like so easily. They're... Just amazing genetics. So the steroids help them, give them a little bit of an extra edge, but it didn't get them to where it is. Like Lance Armstrong, okay, he got busted for using HGH. We all know the story. He got busted for doing HGH. Do you really think that you can just take a bunch of HGH and go win, win the Tour de France? And if you think you can, then by all means, hit me up on the forums and I'll give you an HGH uh, source and you can go and buy all the HGH you want and you can go and fly to France, take your bicycle with you, you know, buy a $5,000 bicycle, take it with you and go win the Tour de France next year. I guarantee you that's not going to happen. So guys, it's, it's, it's genetics, man, that get these athletes where they are. That's the number one thing you need. Same thing with pro bodybuilders. It's genetics. Okay, all these pro bodybuilders, and I've interviewed them, they all have siblings or relatives who are also professional athletes. Like one guy I interviewed a couple years ago, his brother 
is a defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, Everson Griffith. And he is a pro bodybuilder, top 20 Mr. Olympia pro bodybuilder. Do you think that's just a coincidence? Do you think it's because they both use steroids? Of course not. It's genetics. They were born with those genetics. Obviously, you have to work hard. You have to train hard. You have to push hard. You've got to be mentally strong to get to that level. But yeah, it's, it's step one is genetics. Rick, uh, this is a pretty easy one, Rick. Uh, do you want to have anything to add to this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to be a professional athlete first. You have to be elite first, okay? And once you're in that elite core and that elite level, the difference between the number one guy and the number 100 guy is not that much. They're, they're, they're the, the, the guy number 100 and the guy number one, they all have 90% of it already there. And the difference between these guys might be 10%. That's why you'll get like a Barry Bonds that wasn't that great before Juice, started juicing, did better. But he was already a professional athlete before he added the sauce. You get a guy like Lance Armstrong, right? He, he was uh, Lance Armstrong. He was paddling, not doing all that great, apparently. And once he hit the sauce, he, he started to win everything. But he was already a professional athlete before he hit it. B. Tor Belfort, the UFC fighter, we've seen him on steroids. We've seen him off steroids. But he was already a professional fighter before he ever touched the sauce. So if you are that elite level of athlete where you have the God-given talent, the genetics, and the drive to get there and be top level, you know, be better than the top amateurs, be a professional, if you throw some sauce on top of that, you can go from being the hundredth ranked guy to being in the top 10 with a little bit of juice at that point. But if you're not professional level and you're maybe not even a great amateur athlete, steroids are not going to make you, you know, steroids are, are not going to, are not going to do it for you. You have to have everything else in place first because the guys at the top level they have everything else in place, and they just throw the steroids on top of it. It's why you and I can pump a lot of, you know, you and I can pump a, a bunch of steroids, and it'll, it'll have some effects on our bodies, but it's not as profound as, like, let's say somebody running the 100-meter dash. Just a little bit of testo extra testosterone, just a little bit of extra DECA can shave a quarter second off of that guy's time, and... Now he's got a gold medal. You know, you and I, we won't even be able to tell the difference if we can, if we run in a second faster or not 100 meters. We, you, you and I are just not pushing our bodies to that degree on a daily basis to really see the difference. So, no, complete myth. Steroids will not make you a great top level athlete. You have to be that first, and then steroids might make you win some shit, but you got to be it first. You know, Rick, I'm going to prove you wrong, man. I'm going to take a bunch of steroids, and next year I'm going to go out for the football team, NFL, and I'm going to make the fucking NFL team as a quarterback, and I'm going to fucking take my team to the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to come back on this podcast and prove you wrong. All right, guys. Look, look, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take some, yeah. uh, some GH and some MK. I'm going to grow like another uh, foot or two, and then I'm going to join the NBA. 
You're gonna be dunking. You're gonna, gonna be dunking on. I'm gonna join yeah. the. I'm gonna take H.E.H. like uh, like they did Messi to get him to grow a little bit, and uh, NBA. That's 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 where it's at. Yeah. Well, in all <laughs> seriousness, guys, I'm sure there's a 20 year old out there listening to this, and we just you know ruined his uh, his Dude, life if you because he was planning on fucking. Let me look, man. You should stay natty all through high school, all through college. You should stay natty. And if you can get away with it in the pro levels, it might be worth it then. But if you, if you suck already and you got to take steroids just to be like a mid-level, higher-tier amateur and you got to take steroids and, and you want to be a pro, like, just forget it. All right, I'll put it this way. Let's say you want to be an NFL player and you can't even start on your high school team be a starter on your high school team and get recruited by division one school. You're not making it to the NFL. I don't care how much steroids you take. I mean, it's, or if you want to be an NBA player and you can't even make your fucking high school team, then you're not going to make it to the NBA. I mean, there's some rare situations where, where some guys may have that scenario happen, but 99.9% of the time, you are already one of the highest recruited players coming out of high school. Every college wants you. Division one schools, the biggest division one schools. You go there, you succeed even in college, and then you, you, you NFL teams draft you, and then you have a chance to make it. So, I mean, that's that's thoughts. So I'll put I'll put it that way. I don't want to dash some of your twenty uh, year olds' dreams who want to be pro bodybuilders, but I mean, if you even with a pro bodybuilder, if you didn't even if you weren't an athlete in high school, if you weren't like the first person picked when during recess in elementary school to uh, do something, uh, you know, on during recess, if you weren't the first person that was picked, you're not going to be at Mr. Olympia stage. You don't have the genetics. And a lot of guys are that want to make it in sports are hitting the saws way early on. I suggest one thing: many. Most of you guys out there that want to make it in sports, young guys that are listening to this, uh, researching steroids, and you want to make it in sports, uh, find yourself a good sports psychologist first. That'll go a much longer way than hitting the sauce. Because if you're thinking about taking steroids and you're not top-level pro, like didn't make it there, but you're like, there's other things going on. And there's some really good sports psychologists that'll help you get over some mental hurdles, that'll help you get over some really key things that are holding you back because it's a lot of it is mental. Yeah. Genetics, genetics play a huge part, obviously, but we've all seen professional athletes that don't look like they have the greatest genetics, maybe aren't the fastest, maybe aren't the strongest, but just the mental fortitude is there. The mental fortitude is there enough for them to be, you know, recognizable mid-level professional players. Just on mental fortitude, even if they don't have all the physical gifts of a LeBron or one of these uh, physical, really physical athletes, you get a lot of brainy, mental professional athletes out there. So if you're a young guy looking for, uh, looking for, for a way to, to get into the pros and, and make a, a living out of playing something or fighting or whatever, get a good, make a, build a good relationship with a good sports psychologist. And that'll go a much longer way than any steroid cycles you can you can do at this point. I think in elementary school you can tell right off the bat. You can ask any like third grade teacher and they'll be able to point out the two kids in class that are gifted athletically 
that like, wow, these kids are gifted athletically. When we go out to recess, they're the fastest, they're the strongest. They can do like 20 pull-ups, you know, they can run like crazy faster than any other kid. And then they'll can pick out the two kids in the class that are academically gifted. And in those rare situations, they might be both academically gifted and athletically gifted. You know, that's a Rhodes Scholar type of person. That's like Bill Clinton, former president Bill Clinton. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He was gifted both, um, you know, in both aspects, athletically and when it came to the books as well. So those are really rare. Um, Those are the people that end up going, getting Oxford scholarships, Rhodes Scholars and being, you know, very, very successful in life. Um, but the, so, the mentality, you know, the mentality has to be there. I mean, I remember in uh, in fifth, sixth grade, my buddy Miguel that I, I was in a school with. I mean, his pitch for a kid that age is just incredible. He was crushing it. Um, and then uh, he didn't start on the team when we got to junior high school. He didn't start on the team. There were some, uh, he, there were a couple guys older than him in our in our school system that were just incredible pitchers, and he just quit. He stopped playing, even though he had a ton of talent, because he couldn't start. Because there was always a, there were these two other guys that were great pitchers, and he just gave up. Also, uh, another guy, Corey, great football player, incredible guy. Everybody thought he'd be a, an early pick, and uh, he got into drugs. He got into drugs, and he's out on the street. So mentality plays a big, a huge role. Big, big role mentality. So a lot of you guys looking at steroids, go get yourself a sports psychologist first. It'll go. If you're a parent trying to help your kid along, you're not going to patch up his mental weakness and shortcomings by giving him, helping him get juice. All right? Get his ass over to a psychologist. Get his mental game in order. And he might not even need to touch the sauce. All right, guys, that was a fun one. Um, the next myth, let's go into the fit. Uh, and we, we kind of already touched on it already, Rick. Working out hard plus tons of steroids equal Mr. Olympia physique. So following up on what I said earlier, you know, it's one of those things. Every, how, like every time, like, you know, they show maybe on Yahoo News or something, they'll show the Mr. Olympia champion. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't get much action, okay? Most people can't name – Mr. Olympia who are even like in the gym. Okay. I mean, we don't really follow it, but let's say, you know, they put out an article or something. You'll see comments from people. Oh, that guy's on tons of juice. That guy's on tons of juice guys. That's a myth. Um, it's not a myth that he's not on tons that he's on tons of juice. Yes, he is on tons of juice, but it's not the juice that got him there. Like I said earlier, Everson Griffin. Okay. He, uh, he was defense attacker from Minnesota Vikings. He was a free agent. He went to a new team this year. Um, I'm, I think he's either a free agent or he's going to a new team. But anyway, he was a Pro Bowl defensive tackle, Minnesota Vikings. His brother, I interviewed him on a podcast, and his brother is also top 20 Mr. Olympia. I believe he's, he was number 12 last year at the Olympia, 11th or 12th. So it's the genetics, guys. The, these guys have tremendous – if you want to be top 20 Mr. Olympia, you have to have the genetics. That's the number one thing you have to have. And then everything else that Rick mentioned, everything else I mentioned on top of it, you cannot just take tons and tons of steroids. And I've interviewed Boston and Lloyd three, four times in this podcast as well. You guys can look up those episodes and he 
came a long way mentally because he used to believe that. He used to think, yeah, I can take four grams of steroids a week and I'll, I'll be as high as that. And he's admitted, the last time he came on the podcast, he admitted, you know what, I was wrong. You can't just take tons of steroids and be Mr. Olympia. You can't just follow Ronnie Coleman's diet, Ronnie Coleman's workouts, Ronnie Coleman's steroid use, HGH use, insulin use, drug use, everything that Ronnie Coleman does sleep like Ronnie Coleman, live like Ronnie Coleman, and be Ronnie Coleman. You can't. If you followed exactly what Ronnie Coleman did, you'd probably die of a heart attack within like six months. You'd probably get injured in the gym because you'll be training way too hard. Your genetics don't allow you to train as hard as Ronnie Coleman. You would probably bankrupt yourself because you're spending all this money on food and steroids and HGH and all this other stuff you have to take. It's just not going to happen. And honestly, like the guys who try to follow these professional bodybuilder steroid stacks, you know what happens to them? They just get fat. They just get fat. They get big, 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 and fat. They don't stay lean. Because if you eat the, the amount of food that Ronnie Coleman eats or any of these professional bodybuilders, you're just going to become obese. You're going to be three, 350 pound, 35% body fat. Because they have tremendous genetics. They can eat that much and get away with it because they have such tremendous genetics that food that they're eating just gets partitioned into their muscles and grows their muscles. The food that you eat, same food that you eat as Ronnie Coleman, turns into fat, gets stored as fat in the body. Isn't that amazing? It's just it's amazing genetics, guys. Yeah, yeah. It when it comes to professional bodybuilding, uh, genetics plays a huge role, ton. You obviously have to enjoy hitting the gym hard. So you have to love the gym, one. Two, your body has to have the genetics and, and you have to be able to handle the drugs. One thing you have to understand is that these guys, top professional level, they've been hitting steroids, some of them for a decade without pause. You know, when you're already holding on to 50, 60 extra pounds of muscle mass that your body would naturally not be able to hold on to, you don't get to cycle off because your, your body will never make enough testosterone to support just these huge slabs of muscle that these guys keep on. So at that point, you have to keep your androgen levels sky high all of the time because as soon as they drop a little bit, as soon as they get close to like high normal range, you, you, a bunch of that muscle starts to melt off. So your body has to be able to handle these drugs for years and not get sick, not get messed up from it. And a lot of guys just do a, a quick short cycle and they like, like we discussed in podcast 308 super draw, there are some guys are like lactating other nipples and their back breaks out and you know, they, they have beyond this and just liver, liver starts failing out of, out of just a couple of cycles. And then you get top-level pros that are using, like, orals for, you know, weeks and weeks on end, a ton, of, um, a ton of injectable steroids on top of a testosterone base of, you know, 1,000 mg a week of test, and then peptides, and then SARMs in front of that. And they're doing almost – they're doing – they're trying almost anything you put in front of them. Um, but they don't – but they look great still, look awesome. So that's part of it. And look, and even if, you, even if you do love hitting the gym, and even if your body can handle a ton of drugs, then you're going to get on stage and maybe your calves are just 
too small or maybe your biceps aren't just connected the right way and, and they're lagging and or maybe you know your abs are, are shaped kind of fucked up and then you stand next to a guy like Phil Heath or a guy like Ronnie and all those years of training and all that those uh, expensive uh, steroids and you still look like shit next to them because they have those genetics and they could do it. So bodybuilding, bodybuilding is that dude, just a ton of commitment, lifelong endeavor and uh, genetics to, to match. Yeah, that's a good one. So guys, next one, this is a, this is a, a one myth or not. You don't need a PCT after SARMs. So for me, this depends. This depends on which SARM you're talking about because some of these products are actually not SARMs in the first place. And, um, you know, I can pull up all the SARMs that are sold by, you know, on our forums and, and by most SARMs sources. The most popular one, GW501516, is actually not a SARM. It's a PPAR agonist. So you do not need a PCT if you use GW. You do not need a PCT if you use SR9009. Very, very similar to GW. It's a Rev ERBA agonist. So what that one does, uh, they both actually help with fat loss and endurance. They are not hormonal. So no, you don't need a PCT with those. And then Osterine, if you run Osterine at 25 milligrams or less for four weeks or less, you don't need a PCT because it's not suppressive. But if you run it longer or you run it higher dose, you do need a PCT. Now, as far as LGD, you absolutely need a PCT with LGD. It is it's going to be suppressive. Not as suppressive as steroids, but it will be slightly suppressive. Rad, stronger. It's going to be a little more suppressive. And then you've got Andarine. It's suppressive. So you got to run a PCT with those. Now, MK677 Nutribol, again, it's not a SARM. It's a GH Secretog. And with that one, you don't need a PCT because it is not going to affect your HPTA. It's not going to affect your pituitary glands. So it depends. And, you know, um, it's, you know it just depends on which, quote, unquote, SARM you're going you're gonna to talk about. Anything else to add, Ray? Yeah, and just like some of them don't affect you at all, there are some others that do affect you and will suppress you, Osterin being one of them. Osterin will, uh, will take up androgen receptors and so will displace testosterone out of these receptors. The testosterone won't be able to attach to them. There'll, there'll be more testosterone floating around your system for, uh, for the aromatase enzyme to make estrogen and it'll create the, the loop, the feedback loop to actually decrease your testosterone production. So if you take osterin, you want to take even something like just AC Generate Classic on it with no Clomid, no anything should, should be good. Um, look, when I've done SARMs, I've either done them with testosterone or with AC Generate. Why wouldn't I run SARMs just standalone? Why would I always use a, either testosterone injectable or a testosterone booster with it? Because they just work that much better with the testosterone. Psalms are, are, are good. Again, I keep saying this. We don't know what their side effects will be years and years down the line. But for now, they seem to be on the short term fairly side effect free. But just adding an androgen, adding the steroids with the Psalms 
which makes everything so much better. So if you're just trying to do like a good over the counter cycle that you can order with your credit card and, and not worry about much, um, GW and HGGen or ADS. The ES will help boost testosterone so that'll stay nice and high. Get GW, fat burning effects, uh, maybe some osterin in there too. So I've done, I've done that cycle a couple of times and, and really enjoyed it. Um, the osterin with the carterin and my AC Generate ES. It's just been a beautiful, beautiful cycle to do. And obviously, I keep the, the ES going a full four to sometimes six weeks going after I, I stop disarms just to, just to be on the safe side. Next myth, guys. Number seven, all steroids and SARMs are legit quality. And um, listen, we all want to believe. We want to believe. We, you, you ever see like movie reviews? People, they'll go spend money to go see a movie. And after the movie, no matter how horrible the movie is, and most movies are horrible, um, but they'll go see the movie. And they'll be like, oh, this is the best movie I've seen all year, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, this movie got fucking like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. How the fuck is this the best movie of the year? Like, are you fucking stupid or something? But it's the same thing. We buy steroids. We spend $500, $1,000 on steroids and on SARMs. And we want to believe, you know, that, yeah, this is legit. You go into the cycle. You want to believe I'm going to get the best results. I'm going to hit my personal records. I'm going to get big. I'm going to get strong. And then you run the cycle halfway through. You're like, fuck, I'm not getting any results. What the fuck is going on here? So then you go get blood work, and then you get the bad news. You see that your fucking steroids, they're fucking bunk, or they're underdosed, or your SARMs are fucking fake. They're not, they're not even really SARMs. So you, you finally figure out, you're like, fuck, I got screwed, man. Out of $1,000 I spent on this fucking cycle. Well, the reality is most steroids and most SARMs out there are either fake, underdosed, or not what they're labeled as. And that is because of many, many reasons. It's not always because the, the source themselves are purposely doing that, but it's because the sources just don't have the economic ability to test everything before they sell it to you. So. They may get a batch of raws that might be really what they say, what they think it is, make the steroids, sell it to you. And then the next batch of raws they get from the exact same place in China is not really the same thing. It's something completely different. It could be getting Primobol in raws. And then the next time, the exact same dealer from China sends them Deca raws. This shit happens all the time. So... That's one of the myths, guys. That's one of the myths. You have to trust your source. You have to know the source that you're dealing with, and they have to be able to back up the shit they're selling to you. They can't just sell what they think is a specific steroid or a specific SARM because eventually people are going to figure it out. That, hey, something fishy is going on here. Yeah, sometimes the sores will get sent a uh, product that's underdosed, uh, that's not of high purity. Other times they will have, have the orders but run out of a certain raw where their supplier won't screw them, where their supplier will say, hey, we don't have this raw right now. And uh, then the, 
the guy making it, the underground lab, just decides to to change the compound on their own. Look, I if you're the chemist mixing this stuff up, these raws become real familiar real quick. I'll give you an example, testosterone propionate, short ester. Stuff's more crystalline. It's more like a closer to the consistency of, of something closer to sugar or flour. When you get into like DECA with uh, the canoid ester, stuff becomes more the consistency of wax. When you have equipoise, which is the undecyclinated ester, that's oil. That's already liquid. If you drop the temperature just a tiny bit, it'll, it'll start to hard, harden up. So these materials are, are, you be, can become really familiar with them. Everything down to the smell and taste of the actual esters. So uh, sometimes sources will send something that looks just like it is underdosed. That happens. But when a, but when a source that's making this stuff makes such a huge mistake is switching out DECA for Primo Bolin, that Primo is going to have a, a, a shorter, waxier consistency. The DECA is going to lean more towards being oil, you know, more, more oily. You know, you, you, you can tell what it is by looking at it just because, again, the shorter esters, more crystalline, the longer esters become more of an oil. You could, it's, it, it'll just be, it's not an easy mistake to make. How about that, guys? So, um, so yeah, sometimes sources get, get sent an underdosed, underdosed product. But when, but when the product switched out and, it, and it's not, and, and what's in it is not what you were trying to pay for, the source is doing it at the level because it's so obvious when, when the powder is not what it is when you look at it, when you've worked with this thing over and over again. So following up on that myth number eight, you can tell the difference based on how steroids work in your body. Meaning, um, well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. Um, I can remember back on the EF board, a moderator would say, oh, yeah, you don't need to get blood work after PCT. I can tell by the way I feel that I'm recovered. You know, and that's, that's just stupid because that doesn't mean shit. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that you're still not suppressed, that your estrogen levels may not be low or high that your pituitary glands are functioning correctly, that your LH and FSH are at good levels, that your testosterone are at good levels, that your cholesterol is at good levels. doesn't mean shit. I mean, it really doesn't. So you really need to run blood work after cycle. You can't just go by how you feel. And then on cycle, you can't just run a cycle and be like, yep, yeah, I'm running what I think is D-Bowl and I feel this, this way and I'm having these side effects. It must be D-Bowl. That's, that's a, you know, that's definitely a myth. I mean, no matter how experienced you are, your bodies are constantly changing. So the way something may affect you on cycle one may not affect you the same way on cycle four, if it, even if you're running the same compound. Our bodies change over time. Here's one. Here's a perfect example. The guy who runs a bunch of Debel, a bunch of tests, a bunch of DECA for a cycle and he doesn't run an AI, and he gets away with it. He doesn't have any problems. But then three years later, he runs the exact same cycle, exact same dosages, same brand, same everything, same batch of steroids, and he ends up with gynecomastia. Perfect example. 
well, I felt fine the first cycle doing things a certain way. Well, that's a myth. Just because you felt fine that particular time doesn't mean side effects won't change. Different situations change. You know, it could be maybe your body fat was higher the second time you ran it. It could be something else. It could be your body's just changing. So you really have to trust your source, know what you're using, and not go by how you feel. I really recommend blood work. Blood work is very, very important. It depends what level you're at, too, if you can tell the difference in the steroids. If you're not that experienced, if your diet is not on level, if you have a body fat in the teens, no, just stop it. You're not going to tell the difference. Maybe you'll be able to tell the difference in side effects from one steroid to the other, on some of the real obvious things. But no, you're not going to be able to tell the difference in the steroids. Look, when you're a top level, like my buddy, he's, he's a competitor. When he, 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 when he gets down to showtime, if he uses Turinabol, he holds more water, he says, than if he uses Anavar. And it's a difference because you'll see more or less restorations depending which of those two he's using going up to competition. You, on the other hand, where you just can barely see your top two, four abs, like you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Okay? So it really depends who you are, what level you're at, just how far you push your body and your physique. If you're pushing yourself to those levels, you know, you know, low, low single digits body fat and, you know, things like that, yeah, you'll be able to tell the difference. But if you're not, you're getting so, many, so much uh, stuff that's been swapped out for something else that is not what you are paying for and you just don't know it. It's been happening for years. You can't even tell the difference. All right, guys. So steroid myth number nine. Guys on steroids look like they are on steroids. Walk into any franchise gym and you can look around. And I guarantee you that a majority of guys in there have used or are using steroids. Trust me. Because I know people, I know friends of mine who don't even work out. They haven't worked out in years. And if you talk to them, they'll say, yeah, I, work, I used steroids maybe back in college, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, they used steroids. It's so easy to get steroids. I mean, it's, it's just as easy to get steroids as it is to go on Amazon and buy a book. That's how easy it is. So they're not hard to get and they're not that expensive. I mean, a vial of testosterone costs less than a car wash. So... And, you know, these people, they've used steroids or they're using steroids in your franchise gym and they look like shit. I'm just being honest with you, Rick. They look like shit and they're weak. They can't even fucking bench 150, 200 pounds. They can't even bench two plates. They can't even squat two plates. So, you know, steroids are a tool. Okay, there you have a Phillips head screwdriver, your flat head screwdriver, and your toolbox. It's a tool that you can use to take things to another level to break a plateau, but they are not going to automatically turn you into the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this is the biggest myth we hear all the time. 
And on the flip side, I was natty myself. I lifted weights for 13 years before I ever touched steroids. And during that 13 years, people would accuse me of being on steroids. So that shit pissed me off. I was natural. I didn't take a goddamn thing. All I took was some creatine, stuff like that. I never took fucking steroids. 13 fucking years. So you can look like you use steroids and not tons of steroids. That's, that's my opinion. What's yeah, it goes both ways. I've met guys that use a ton of juice, look like shit. And I've met guys that look like they're on cycle and don't use anything, don't even know anything about it. It's an old man in my gym right now. Dude is 50. Never touched steroids in his life. He's got world-class arms. I mean, his fucking arms are incredible. You know, he doesn't have abs and, you know, he doesn't work out uh, his legs to, to match them. But just on his arms alone, you would think, oh, this dude's some juice or something. It's because his arms are just incredible, world-class. Old guy, like 50. But no, never touched the stuff. Some people just have great genetics. And then there's some guys that I know that are using just are using the sauce and you could just see see the changes in them over time, over the months where they were like they were like small and then they just get puffy and red and then they get small again. And yeah, it's genetics plays a big part. Some people can just work hard, not even eat right, look great. Um, some people can watch their diet, take some steroids, work out, and they just don't don't get much of anywhere. I think a real key here is for you yourself to learn where you're at. If you've done big cycles and you've done small runs and you realize that taking four times the amount of steroids is not giving you four times the amount of results, you know, knowing and finding what dosage your progress and results begin to level out at, level off at, where what dosage and, and what amount of steroids your results begin to, to the, the, the curve begins to flatten, right? Then you'll, you'll have a better gauge of, of just how much sauce you need to get maximum results. And, and at what point you're just wasting your money and, and putting additional synthetic hormones in your body that you're just not getting all those benefits from. So, I mean, when I, I tell you guys, when I personally cycle, I keep it under a gram. I only do test or EQ. Once in a while, I'll, I'll, you know, once a year, maybe I'll do a little, a little bit extra something else different besides that. But just need a little bit and look like you do just a little bit of juice. But yeah, I've done big, huge cycles with, you know, a gram of, of test as a base and then three other steroids on top of that in my 20s. I've done all of this. And um, I can tell you, I don't think I got like, extremely four or five times the results running, you know, two grams, two and a half grams a week of steroids than I do running, you know, five to 700 megs a week. I mean, and maybe I had to go through that journey to learn that, but most people out there only need just, just a, you know, 500, 600, 700, and, and your results will, will flatten out. Anything more than that, it's just, it's diminishing return. So that's a uh, spiel on it. All right, guys. So in the spirit of the COVID-19 lockdown, last topic, this isn't a myth steroid topic. We're going to talk about a relationship topic. Let's say you're locked in the same chick and you're going, you, you both are driving each other crazy or she's driving you nuts. 
what do you do? What's a way to kind of center her packing without ruining your chances later on of getting some uh, some free poontang? Rick, I'll bring you in on this one. What's the best way to make her leave, you said, you're asking? Best way to kind of shove her out the door without seeming like a dickhead and ruining your future chances. Um, I mean, that can't end well because she's going to be like, how dare you kick me out? We're under a fucking lockdown. You're going to put me out there. I got no fucking way to make money. You've got to find a way to make it her idea somehow. And if you can make it her idea somehow to go, then it'll be fine. But it, it, it might take you three days, four days. You know, one day you plant the idea and then the next day you, you push her and then day three you leave her alone. Day four she'll come around. It's the only way really for something like this is it, it has to be her idea somehow. If you can't make it her idea, if she's hell bent on staying there, um, then you're going to have to just practice some self-control and go about your day and, and your life with her intruding in your space and be fine with that and just take the situation as it comes. It could be worse. So, but yeah, something like that, bro, you, you can't, you can't say leave. It's gotta be her idea. She's gotta, she's gotta be the one to say that she maybe like to go. I'd like to go here. I'd like to go there. And then you just keep quiet. Don't react to it. And then you make plans like, <laughs> like she said, I'm going, you know, something along those lines if you're really desperate. But obviously, yeah, definitely you don't want to come out and say it because even if she wanted to go, even if she's already thought about making, making a move, leaving, she'll still be offended because you suggested and it came out of your fucking mouth. So don't. If she's already leaning that way, she's already giving you signals, then just help her push the rest of the way. So that it comes out of her mouth, and once the deal is struck, um, you know, you you know, you, you move on with it. But that's it. It's got it's got to be her idea. Well, this is funny. This is something I saw today. Um, listen to this little short video. They get they have permission to to, to play this. Listen to this video. Okay, Dad. You have two options: A, stay quarantined in the house with mom, or B. <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, who's this? Is, a, is this a, a kid or, or a guy or a man with his wife? Well, it's a, it's a daughter asking the dad, and the mom's the dad, sitting, okay. He's yeah, the mom's the sitting on the couch and she overhears a conversation. And so the kid's asking B, the dad, B, B, B. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are complaining right now, they're just getting on each other's nerves because every, you know, everybody has to work from home, either they're laid off or they're working together from home. So they're getting on each other's nerves and the kids are home. So, um, you know, you I, know. I, I, I'm stuck with somebody at, at home and it's not, and it's not great a hundred percent of the time, but I don't care. It's fine. You just, you just use this as a time to practice, to practice self-control, make sure that you double check and you're completely rid of, of pettiness or any of these, you know, fucked up uh, feelings and, and attitudes. So you just, don't be petty. That's one of the things that's real easy to happen when you're locked in with someone and, and, and the environment's a little tense is to be real petty and, and to be small minded and all these things and, and at, at each other exhibit low self-control. What was that? What you said, buddy? 
No, I'm saying don't take little pot shots at each other. Don't be petty. You know, there's certain things you can say to piss the other person off. You got to like, I used to do that all the time in relationships. And um, it, there's no win when you do that. It, you can never win because she's always going to hold that shit against you in don't the future. Be so it's better just like, to walk away. Just walk away. But the, the problem right now, Rick, is there's nothing open. So in a normal situation, you know, you could just get in a person. You could go to the park. You could go. Uh, open a fucking book, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, go in a room yeah. and, like, crack open a book by herself. Then she's in the other room screaming, oh, why don't you spend time with me? Why don't you come watch the show with me? So it's, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I understand well, a lot that, of that, You have you an know? issue there. See, that's a different issue you're describing because in that scenario, she wants you to be next to her. She wants you to, I mean, you know, it's not a, it doesn't sound to me like it's a bad thing. Maybe... Again, like all these relationship questions, don't get yourself in that situation. If you are in your house with a person that saying, hey, come lay next to me. Hey, come spend time with me. And you just don't want to spend time with that person. But they're in your house and they feel you guys have a commitment or some kind of pact together, but you don't really like her. And when she says, come spend time with me, it's a bad thing. See, I don't get that because I would, I would never have a, a girl in my life that if she asked me to come and lay down and watch something with her that I would not like that or that would be a problem. If if I find if I find things leaning that way, I'm out the dope. It's not happening anymore. Sometimes people just want alone time. Sometimes just people just want to be by themselves. And you can't go. You can't just go to the it's like an every sitcom like and then one person just goes to the, down the street. The coffee shop takes their laptop, does just some work on their computer for an hour or two, clears their mind, and they go back home. That's what a lot of people go to these coffee shops for, just to get away, or a bookstore or something like that. All these places are closed. You can't go anywhere to get away now. So it's hard, you know, to be uh, in that situation. So listen to this thing, guys. Don't ever tell some somebody something's bothering you when you're upset. You hold that shit in and you wait until you calm the fuck down. Then when you're nice and calm, you take a little note of it now. Then when you're nice and calm, actually when you're happy and having a good time, then you go and approach the subject. Don't ever, because you'll never say it just the right way if you do it at the spur of the moment. So if she's doing something to annoy you right now, you take it, you hold that shit, you hold it in, make a little side note. Then the next time you're having a good time and you're laying down, you're laughing and watching some Netflix, you approach the subject really calmly, really nicely. You say it in the best way possible. And then you, and then you go back to you know, and then you go back to doing the fun stuff you were doing, like shit's yeah. crumbling. Don't go and yell, women. When you're frustrated at the moment, take that shit, hold that shit in, practice self control. You know, some of these human interactions that we do with our with our mates, with our friends, with whomever, it should just use all of this just as a way to practice self control. Practice, you know. Again, if the person's being petty, don't be petty back. Practice leaving somebody alone with their fucking pettiness. So if they're being petty, and it just irks the fucking the way they're being petty, you just don't don't give in. Don't give in to that feeling, and don't be petty back. Act normal. Just be a good person. Just be nice. Just be normal. Don't be petty. Don't do it back. Practice. You know, all the don't just react to life. Have a plan and try to take every situation as a chance to practice at it for the next one. Yeah. So. I think one of the mistakes I used to do in my relationships, um, because I do a lot of work from home, 
And, you know, I, it was a really tough transition for me when I, uh, when I moved in with girls, I'm my previous places I've had houses. I've had like three, four bedroom houses. So, you know, she could have her little spot the other side of the house watching TV or whatnot, you know, during the day until she had to go to work and I'd be in my office, close the door. But like the place I'm staying on now, I'm very cramped. Um, it's only a, like a one bedroom type of place. So, you know, I, it was, there was a lot of friction at first. So we had to kind of, she would get on my nerves. I'd get on her nerves because she would, she likes to sleep in. If she works late, I'm an early wake waker. So I'd be waking her up. And then on days she had to get up early for work, she'd be waking me up. So we kind of, we had a lot of friction then at first, but we kind of compromised. We talked things over. I told her, I was like, look, you know, on days you're working early, just sleep in the other, sleep in the office, you know, just get the pull out bed and sleep in the office. And on days where, you know, you're, you're working late and you can sleep in, I will get up and I'll be quiet. I'll go use the other bathroom. I won't turn the fan on. I won't turn the exhaust fan on. I won't shout, take a long shower where you might hear it. And we kind of, you know, kind of came to an agreement. Now my previous relationship, major relationship, I was dating a teacher. So she had to get up early, really, really super early every fucking morning. And, you know, she, she would, you know, run the alarm. And we kind of came to an agreement where, you know, she, she could have her alarm, but she had to turn that fucking thing off ASAP. And then she would have to go get ready in the upstairs bathroom, not in the downstairs bathroom where it would wake me up. So it's all about compromise. Um, you guys have to kind of come to a, a, a compromise that works for both of you. you. But one of the things that I can't stand is when women are like saying shit to you like that. And it's like, you got to like nip that in the bud because you got to be like, look, you know, it's not that you're a prisoner. It's, it's that I'm trying to work from home. I got to be able to concentrate. I got to be able to focus on the shit I'm doing. And then, you know, I, you got to, and look, things are different now. Everyone, it's virtual. Everyone's like, so they have to be able to compromise on that and agree. Yeah, you're not going to blare the TV while I'm working. You're not going to blare music while I'm working. You're not going to wake me up if you have to get up early at work. You got to be as quiet as you can. Well, it sucks. This is my house. I should be able to walk around, you know, play music whenever I want, blah, blah, blah. you guys got to compromise when you're living together. And that's hard. A lot of people can't do it. A lot of people are just so fucking stubborn and independent. They can't do it. So, and I've been through that before with women. So, um, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to pull that out. If you are in a, in, in a small home tight quarters, it's downright impossible to pull that off. So, um, but you know, You've got to kind of compromise. You got to give in a little bit. She's got to give in a little bit. Um, and, you know, it, it can work. It can work. So I have been talking to some friends and talk to see what people post on their, on their social. And, yes, a lot of folks are in relationships with people that they maybe don't really like that much. They're not really good best friends with. And so they can't stand to be locked in with them. They start doing petty shit. And another thing that contributes to being petty and making it difficult to, to live around other people is you're not focused on your goals. You're not focused on your things. So you give the other person too much focus. 
if you if you're focused on your goals and doing something important with with every minute of your day you won't even notice when somebody's trying to be petty they'll be sitting there trying to be petty and you won't it may it might take you all day to notice they were trying to do something because you're so busy getting ahead with your shit and your goals and what you need to be doing so uh you know it's funny um I remember the conversation you and I had before about calling a girl back. And I said, sometimes it might, you might go three days without talking to somebody and saying hi to someone. Well, look, dude, I'm going a whole day without really changing a ton of words with somebody I'm in the same house with. No beef, no, no problems, no friction. We're cool. It's just no time or room for a conversation because doing shit. If I'm not doing stuff, producing actual content, then I'm reading up. And, and taking stuff in. So if you're, if you are listening to this and you're sitting there just bothered by everything this other person is doing through your house all day, you're probably not worried about your, your goals and, and what you need to be doing enough to you, you're too easily, you're being too easily distracted. You have to accept that. All right, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening to another episode. This was a fun one. So we'll talk to you guys next week. For Steve, me, and Rick, have a good one. Have a good one, buddy. Hey, uh, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Um, this podcast is dropping on Monday. So our next podcast will be Thursday, and we will be doing another compound podcast. What will a compound be? You have to um, listen to know. Good, big surprise. So see you guys Thursday. Goodbye, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Hey guys, Evolution Org podcast coming away. This is number 360. Steve Smee here and the Rick. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So in this episode, guys, this is number 360. We're going to go over all eight of the SARMs we talked about. We're going to tell you the episode number. We're going to give you the cliff notes from those episodes, kind of to review them all. And you can kind of go back and re-look at those, uh, re-listen to those episodes as a reference. This way you can kind of know you know, what dosages to use, the pros and cons. So let's get right into it. The first one we talked about was number 330, GW51516, Carterine. So uh, I'm going to bring in Rick on this one. Uh, Rick, give us the cliff notes of uh, what you got out of that podcast, what you can share. You know, Carterine is really one of those uh, SARMs that have additional benefits that just regular steroids don't have. There is a real reason to kind of use this one because you're going to get that cardio endurance. You're going to get that fat loss. You're going to get um, just that kind of, you're going to get that additional stamina. You're going to get that, that extra line in your battery that other steroids just don't give you. And it's pretty side effect free. You know, you're not going to have uh, many side effects with carterine. It will improve your overall health, at least uh, in the short term, as far as we can tell. So if there was one, 
SARM that you that you could use on top of steroids that you could use standalone, one that is worth using that where the, the benefits that it provides aren't already covered by one of the steroids that we know and love from the past 40 something years, then cartering would be it. So I, I would say I would venture to say is among my my favorite SARMs if 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 I had to make a list. Yeah, and it's important to remember it's not really a SARM, it's actually a PPAR agonist, but it's sold as a SARM. So a lot of guys use it as part of a SARM stack. I'm a big believer in using carterine as a base of all SARM cycles because of the boost and endurance it gives you and the boost of fat loss. It's one of the few compounds out there really has been shown in studies to help with fat loss and really does show to boost endurance. Does the opposite. It does the opposite of um, what a stimulant would do before a workout. So let's say you're about to go for a, a a one mile run, if you take a stimulant before that one mile run, your heart rate is going to spike. So you're actually going to lose those RPMs off of how fast you can run by taking a stimulant because it's going to speed up your heart rate. Well, carterine doesn't speed up your heart rate, doesn't mess with your heart, actually benefits your heart. So with carterine, you take it before a run and you're actually going to be able to push harder, faster without hitting your max. So without sending in your car, those RPMs into that red zone, it's going to help you push more. So it's an amazing compound. You can translate that to your workouts or your weight training. You can translate it to a sport. If you play hockey, football, baseball, whatever, it's going to help you. Basketball, it's going to help you in all those sports. Soccer, it's going to help you with running, obviously. It's going to help you with swimming. It's going to help you with everything when it comes to endurance. So great, great compound uh, to use. Uh, so episode 330, guys, we go over it. And, and don't, we're, we're uh, gonna we're gonna point out which ones are uh, psalms and which are not. When when this whole uh, psalms wave got started, the first two that were really psalms and came out uh, were Osterin and uh, S four, and so they were categorized as what they are: selective androgen receptor modulators. Right now, when GW was came on the scene, it doesn't attach to androgen receptors. It has no action there. But since it was being sold by the same websites and the same folks that were selling the S4 and the Osterin, it kind of got lumped in there in the same in the same group, but it's really not. So we'll, as the show goes on, we'll point out which are SOMs and which are actually not. So with the, the GW, you want to dose at 10 to 20 milligrams a day. The sweet spot is about 20 milligrams. It is safe for females to use as well. And it is safe to use in a SARM cycle. It's safe to use in a steroid cycle. And it's safe to use on solo. Side effects, not really any side effects to report with this one, guys. You're not going to notice anything um, when it comes to side effects. So, you know, so that's that's a skinny on it. So, again, 330, episode 330 is the one if you want to learn more about GW. The next SARM we talked about, this is from episode number 338. Osterine MK2866, one of the original uh, SARMs that was introduced to performance enhancers out there. Um, and this one is really a SARM, select, a selective androgen receptor modulator. And the nice thing about Osterine, it doesn't shut you down like anabolic steroids would because it is selective. It also doesn't convert to estrogen. It does, uh, one of the only side effects that you may notice with it and you'd have to stack it or use it at a high dosage is maybe a little uh, liver issue going on with it. 
and uh, maybe a little very, very slight amount of cholesterol off, but it actually is very, very non-suppressive. Um, so uh, you would notice some, some slight suppression. Uh, example, your LH might go from five to four or 3.5, but if you run anabolic steroids, your, your LH will drop from five to zero. So this one is a very, very little suppression with it. Very mild steroid. One of the benefits of the Ulsterine over the other SARMs is it does have some soft tissue benefits. So guys that run it will report they did have some a better recovery, better repair to some of the nagging injuries that they've had. It also is very good when it comes to lean muscle, uh, lean muscle weight gains. And it does provide a little bit of strength benefits, but not very much. So those are the, the positive of taking the Ulsterine. And it's... It, it stacks really well in a, in a SARM stack. You can stack the O-string with the GW and it, it's a very, very solid stack. So Rick, uh, you know, what, what do you, what do you have to say about O-string? O-string again is one of those that actually has additional benefits that steroids don't have. If you were to compare O-string to any, even of the weaker steroids like Anavar for muscle gains or any other stuff that we really want in the gym, it's going to fall short. Just not that strong at doing that. But, if you take into account that it actually helps your healing, helps your joint tendons, bones, that it has additional health benefits and you get some of the muscle gains uh, that you, you get some muscle gains that are better than natural on it. Then, then it starts to look like something really good to take. Maybe it's a standalone. If you are maybe an older guy and you just want a little push something to make your bones and joints and tendons and ligaments and everything just feel better and give you a little bit more muscle mass, more muscle tone without having to get too crazy, taking anti-estrogens and post-psychotherapy drugs and all that stuff. You just want to maybe add it on top of your TRT. Or if you're a, a guy coming back from an injury and you're kind of doing some compounds to help you with the injury, Ostrain should be part of the stack. It stacks really well with my uh, over-the-counter supplement N2, N2 Joint RX. So if you go to N, the number two, Joint RX, Dot com you'll reach my uh, my website and you'll find uh, that product it it into joint directs pro provides the building blocks and it and it provides what you need to take care of any deficiencies as far as minerals vitamins things like that that are maybe not letting you uh, recover and heal your joints and tendons and ligaments uh, the best they could so Ostrin is is one of those good psalms that have additional benefits that you can stack with your steroids or you can take standalone and I like it. I think it's a, it's a good one. The dosages of the Osterine is somewhere between 12 and a half to 50 milligrams a day. Females, you want to aim for the lower end of that dosage. Males, 25 to 50 a day is an ample amount. So the next one, guys, number 340, episode number 340, we talked about Andrine S4. And uh, S4 is a very unique SARM. It is actually a SARM. And the cool thing about S4 is one of the things you'll notice on it is the strength benefits. That's right off the bat, the surprising effects that you'll get on it. Another surprising aspect, which is a side effect, is the vision changes that you get on it. You'll notice like a, a, a tinting, a yellow tint uh, when you change rooms, especially, or if you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or something and you turn on a light, you'll notice really weird vision side effects. So that is because the 
this particular SARM has some effects on the receptors in the uh, eyes. So that kind of uh, causes some vision, weird vision things. So if you have any sort of issues with vision, uh, you're a truck driver, you drive at night or something, this isn't one that you want to uh, necessarily mess with. Um, I had some issues on it driving at night. I, I wasn't really comfortable driving at night on it. Um, and you're talking about some strength gains. A week and a half into it, I was really surprised at the strength gains on it. Also, lean muscle mass is very good on it. And, and just like the Osterine, it stacks very well with the GW if you want a nice stack of SARMs. So, you know, uh, the side effects are very similar to Osterine, some light liver uh, effects, some light cholesterol effects. And then with the, the uh, S4, 50 milligrams a day is a standard dosage. Women can run half that dosage for, with really good results. And I noticed the vision issues uh, on 50 milligrams a day. Uh, some guys like to run it a little lower and they won't notice as much of the vision issues. What do you have on this one? This one does have, again, additional benefits that you won't find in steroids. One of the things that S4 is really well known for is you just get that repair that overnight. You know, if you have a hard training session, whether AV, you're doing some demanding cardio, maybe some boxing, MMA, or you're just hitting the gym hard. Uh, if you're on S4, uh, once you hit the, once you go to sleep next day, you wake up right as rain. You wake up feeling good. You wake up feeling uh, pretty well refreshed. Uh, maybe stack that with a uh, five to eight grams of L-glutamine uh, before bed, after every, after every workout and before bed, so you're looking at really feeling really refreshed the next day, no matter how hard you went. Uh, also S4, it can help with your prostate. It can uh, outcompete some of those androgens from uh, prostate tissue. And that's something it was also being researched for. So as for, I, I like the fact that it has some additional benefits that steroids don't have. And what Steve said is right. There is uh, some metabolite of it that will actually attach to receptors on your in your uh, eye and your retina somewhere. And you're going to get that tint. It doesn't bother everybody. Not everybody reports getting it right away. But it's something to be aware of. And it's something uh, some people don't like. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy that that aspect of it. I didn't really enjoy getting the the vision side effects, but some people don't mind it. Um, it's not impairing in my opinion. It's not going to impair you from doing what you need to do with your day, but it's something to think about, something to keep in mind. The next one we're talking about is LGD4033 anabolicum. It is also an actual SARM, selective androgen receptor modulator. And LGD was one that came around maybe um, a little bit after some of the original SARMs. And it was considered at the time the most powerful SARM in existence when it, when it came out. And the reason for that is the, the, the progress that you can get on LGD after just four weeks or six weeks on it is pretty much superior to what you would experience on an O-stream, for example. Um, one of the benefits of uh, LGD is obviously the lean muscle mass a little bit of strength. It's also pretty good for fat loss. Um, if you're eating good on it, it will help you burn some more fat. It'll give you some good energy, some good clean energy in the gym. So it stacks really good 
with any SARM stack. Um, and it also stacks really good in, in a steroid stack as well. So you can add it and you can also run it standalone. It's one of the more popular standalone SARMs, especially for women. A lot of women will run five or 10 milligrams of LGD a day and they'll be able to get some really, really good benefits from it across the board. Um, anything from uh, immune system improvements to strength benefits to you know, some uh, good clean um, maskings. And then for men, men will typically use 10, 15, maybe 20 milligrams a day of LGD. So really, really good SARM. One of the more powerful ones that came out originally. It's been kind of, um, you know, outdone in recent years because we've had some some more SARMs come out. Uh, the next two we're going to talk about after we talk about Nutribol in the series. But um, you know, uh, when RAD came out, it kind of blew LGD out. But LGD is still the cream of the crop SARM that people still like to revert to even after they've tried RAD, which is considered more powerful. Yeah, LGD was the muscle builder, the strongest of the SARMs when they first came out before uh, the next wave of SARMs, which they, they've come in sort of waves. Yeah, it, it has been known to increase muscle mass, decrease body fat. Uh, you do want to run a little bit of PCT with it. Uh, I like the herbal stuff that I make, obviously, and to generate, uh, hcgenerate.com, if you guys want to check it out. And it's it's a good one. I mean, what what else can I say? Uh, again, I, I'm sort of a, I sort of like my classic steroids uh, a bit for muscle building and for fat loss, uh, a bit more than I like these SARMs. But for someone that doesn't want to worry about ordering something that's been criminalized, that just wants to take something uh, standalone, order it with their credit card, have it delivered to their home, no issues. Man, LGD is a, it's a good one. It's a good one to look into, a good one to try. You will get better than natural results. That's for sure. Are they going to be as good as doing an Anavar cycle? Yeah, my opinion, probably not. But we will get better than natural results. So it could be worth the money for uh some specific folks out there. The next one we're talking about, this was episode 344, MK677, Ball. So one of the unique uh, things that Nutriball does better than any of these uh, compounds we're talking about, by the way, it's not a SARM. It is not a SARM, Selective Androgen Receptor Modulator, but it is still classified as one, still sold as one, still stacked, as one. One of the beautiful parts of Nutriball, it does really two things really, really well. It will actually boost your appetite amazingly well. It will also help you sleep really, really hard. So it does the things that growth hormone does. And it actually works similar to the way peptides work in that in your body, it helps release more growth hormone in your body. So boosting growth hormone has a lot of cascading effects. You know, fat loss, better sleep, better appetite, better lean muscle mass. You know, it does a lot of things. Uh, it can it can contribute to anti-aging, can help your skin, can help your hair. A lot of benefits to HGH. So Nutriball is one. A lot of guys like to stack it. They stack it in a SARM stack or they'll stack it with steroids. So if you're a skinnier guy and you have a trouble with appetite, you know, you want to you want to get some bulk on you. Nutriball is really good because on Nutriball you can eat on it, you can eat clean, 
you can gain size and you're not going to gain fat on it because it's also working to keep the fat off. So it's really, really a cool, it's a, really a cool compound uh, to, to try. I like it. Um, you know, it's a little bit of annoying when it comes to the hunger, but other than that, it's a, it's a pretty cool one. Yeah, this is one of those compounds that actually exploits the, the growth uh, and the peptide pathway uh, to give you some of those effects. It really is closer to uh, peptides, growth hormones than it is to steroids when it comes to its actions and, and what it does for you and how it works. It definitely is a human growth hormone secretagogue. Is that, is that how you pronounce it, Steve? Secretagogue. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, I think I think you got it. That's close, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> so... So is it worth taking? It's worth messing with. I, I, I personally have stayed away from it just because I'm, I'm afraid of anything that's going to mess with the way my growth hormone releases. It's one thing to actually put synthetic growth hormone in your body. It's another thing to mess with your pituitary and the way that it uh, creates a growth hormone. So it's not one that I've particularly done a lot of uh, research on and, and I've tried on myself a lot, but it's probably one of the more popular ones and the one that most people uh, really like, again, for recovery, helps with sleep, with appetite. It's definitely a, a good one to, to try. Uh, and it does have some additional and different benefits than you would get out of steroids. It's completely different. Maybe there are some good peptides out there that could do what MK677 does and do it even better if you want to go the peptide route. But as far as steroids, nothing really compares to it as far as action and benefits. All right, so the next one is uh, YK11. We discussed this one in episode 346. This is one of the more newer uh, compounds out there. It was designed, you know, to kind of, very interestingly, the way it was designed doesn't seem to be what it's actually translating to because we've seen guys use it. One thing we can't agree with, though, one of the more powerful of these SARM compounds that we've seen come out, the guys who have run it solo have reported, you know, some strength gains, some lean muscle mass, some fat loss. So it does a lot, a lot of cool things. Rick, what do you have to say about this product? YK11 actually on paper looks pretty similar to a lot of the steroid hormones that we use right now. It's actually, uh, I don't see, and I haven't really uh, seen good anecdotes and good reviews from guys getting additional benefits from YK11 that they couldn't already get from some of the steroids that we take from just running testosterone. I'm just running some Anavar. Uh, is it a, is it a good one to use? Yeah. You'll get better than natural results. You should get better than natural results. You'll be able to order with your card. It's not criminalized. It'll get to your doorstep. At least as of today, it's not criminalized. So it's better than natural results. Is Are there any additional advantages to it over just Anavar, Winstrol, just regular steroids? I don't think so. Uh, if anything, I, might, I would probably uh, think that running in a long, a stronger steroid, it, you might be uh, competing with the steroids that you're taking for those androgen receptors. It might be competing uh, against your Winstrol, your Anavar, uh, against for those androgen receptors in your body. And when it gets there, it doesn't have a strong of an action. Is it really something to stack with steroids? Look, if you got your hands on the good stuff, I would run it alone. If you've got your hands on the good shit, on, the, on some good steroids. But uh, if you don't, and you just want to run something better than natural, you know, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Why K11? Why not? Uh, so yeah, better than natural results and 
that's it. That's all I got to say about it, man. Yeah, for sure. So the next one, guys, we're going to talk about in this series is going to be Rad 140. This this was from episode number 352. We talked about it. Test alone. So um, Rad is kind of overstepped the LGD. It is a SARM. It is a selective antigen receptor modulator. And it's one of the more powerful ones. And, and the whole idea behind the development of RAD was to replace testosterone in TRT and HRT, hormone replacement therapy. So basically the idea was let's put people on RAD instead of putting them on testosterone for life. RAD is going to have less side effects. It's going to be less suppressive. It's going to affect your prostate less. It's going to affect your heart health less. It's not going to aromatize into estrogen. So Seems like a, a great idea. It has not been approved yet, though. Um, and it may never be approved. Um, so, you know, we're still waiting on that. But, you know, with the RAD, you know, I run it. Um, you can run it 10, 20, up to 30 milligrams a day. And a lot of guys will choose to run it as part of their, uh, in their steroid stack as their testosterone base. So the idea is you kind of replace it. And it kind of takes the edge off of the cycle, less side effects, no bloating, no estrogen problems, no prostate problems, no heart health problems. So as the benefits, so you can run it, you can run it uh, that way. You can run it by itself. It's really good by itself. Really, really strong steroid, lean muscle gains. It can give you some strength gains and then, you know, gives you a lot of benefits. Um, it gives you the benefits of LGD, you know, and, and, and more. It's one of the more powerful of this main, uh, probably one of the more powerful of the main SARMs that we talked about. So, um, you know, usually, you know, guys run, guys have run it up to 30, but really 10 milligrams a day is really, really good. And women can run half that dose and you get some really, really good results as well. So this is one that, um, you know, a lot of guys like to run this one as part of their SARM stack. What do you think? Yeah, it actually has a, better than natural benefits um some of the tests on it uh the one done on primates didn't show like it really was that much better at gaining muscle mass than say your testosterone but it actually is it does have some benefits again this is one of those uh SARMs that i feel as though are weaker than the steroids you can kind of get now and don't have those those additional health benefits that you find in a GW or an Osterin or an S4. But if you want to run something that'll help you gain better than natural uh, and order it again as of today, it's still uh, legal to get uh, without going get in trouble and have it delivered, bought with a credit card. Um, Rad is one of those. Some guys, uh, it's pretty popular with some guys. I personally am not am not a huge fan of using it myself, but a lot of people do use it and enjoy it. So. That's all I got to say. I mean, yeah. And, and once again, that episode was number 352. If you want to go back and learn more about rad, we did a whole episode on. So the last one we talked about was episode 356. It was the last of our SARMs series. And this one was SR9009 Stenabolic. And just like Carterine and just like Nutriball, it is actually not a SARM. Instead, it is a Rev Herbe Ligand. So the SR binds to this protein and makes it more active. That's how it works in the body. So the main benefit of SR9009 is endurance. If you're going for a run, if you're going for a swim, 
you want to get benefits in the weight room, anything physical, any sport, basketball, whatever, soccer, take it beforehand about an hour. The difference between this one and GW, this one has a very short half-life. It peaks much faster. So if you take it an hour before your exercise, during your exercise, it's going to be peaking. GW, on the other hand, you take it, it doesn't have such a sharp, sharp peak because it has a longer half-life. So you're going to get a slow rise in the drug's peak in your body, but the SR peaks much faster. So I would say if you want the short-term benefits of the endurance, the short-term benefits, SR is going to be one that you definitely want to check out. So with it, you want to run 10, 15, 20 milligrams before your exercise, and you're going to see the benefits much, much faster in your system. Cardamine, on the other hand, you just take cardamine once a day. It's going to be level in your body 24 hours. SR is not going to be level in your body. You're going to get a sharp spike because of its short half-life, and it's going to come back down very, very rapidly. So that you know, that's my opinion SR. If you want to use it for something like that, it's a really, really good one to use. What do you think? Yeah, SR has all of those effects of a very short acting GW. A lot of guys uh, I've seen out there talk about using both of them, using GW uh, once or twice a day and then using the SR pre-workout. So it does have some benefits as far as cardio and fat loss, um, especially fat loss. A lot of guys find that they have a much easier time losing body fat and, and also uh, they don't get as fat um, or, or gain body fat while using it. So it might, might have its place again, uh, just the, the very short half-life and the multiple dosing. Maybe it is a good idea to actually put it together with something like GW that's going to cover you for most of the day. And you use that SR as a, as a pre-workout or in spurs. Yeah, guys. So that was a, a quick podcast but before we finish, let's go back and kind of re review these and kind of tell you some of the stacks that we would run. Now, um, if you're just into endurance, I would do GW once a day. I would do the GW about 20 milligrams a day. And then I would run the SR before your workout, before your exercise, about an hour prior, hour, maybe hour and a half, maybe two hours at the most. And you get that nice little peak during your workout. So if you just want endurance, that's, that's what I would want to do. In terms of if you wanted, you know, strength gains, strength gains. The way I would do strength gains, I would stack Andrine with either YK11 or with Rad. That would be my stack. I would probably do uh, the, the S450 milligrams a day. And then I stack that YK with it, maybe at tw 10, 20, 30 milligrams a day, or the Rad at same thing, 10, 20, 30 milligrams a day, probably an average about uh, 15, 20 milligrams. And that would be a good strength stack. Now, um, if you wanted just some lean muscle gains in the gym, then uh, I'd probably do the GW as my base, and I would probably throw in some LGD in there, maybe uh, 10, 15 milligrams a day of the LGD, and I think that would be a good stack. So, Rick, what, what are some of your stacks? What would be a healing stack? Let me ask you that, a healing stack that you would run, and maybe include some supplements with it if, if I want to just heal my joints. Well, definitely a good uh, stack for, for joints. And I mentioned in the podcast is Osterin and N2 Joint Rx. Go to N2 Joint 
rx.com and that is my uh, joint product you could use a standalone or along with ostrin or even some of these peptides that are real popular now that we're probably going to talk about here in the next couple of uh, podcasts and those are really good healing stacks i think ostrin is hands down probably some of the best for healing injuries and things like that that you know usually require time but you can fast forward uh, some of that healing progress along with using ostrin S4 is a good one just to help you in a day-to-day recovery from training, just day-to-day grind of maybe maybe you have a, a job, you work a lot of hours, and then you hit the gym pretty hard, and you were always walking around maybe a little bit sore, a little bit hurt. S4 will help you so that every day you wake up feeling pretty darn good, not feeling as though you really beat your body up that much, and that's actually pretty beneficial. Um you know, when it comes to what to use and, and which of these uh, to stack, it's a big question on the table, guys, for you listening to this right now. Are you using steroids? Are you using testosterone and anavar and Winstrol? Or are you pretty natural and just looking for a small boost or something to take in between cycles? If you're already taking testosterone, anavar, Winstrol, if you're already taking some of these uh, muscle builders, uh, steroids, then just throw in a little bit of GW, S4, Osterin to help some of the health benefits. S4 might help your prostate not get too beat up by these androgens. Uh, Osterin might help your joints and ligaments and tendons not only repair from maybe injuries, but stay pretty strong so you don't injure them to begin with. When it comes to something like GW, it's just pretty effortless to to lose body fat and to hit the cardio, hit the cardio pretty darn hard while you're taking it. And again, these will go right along with your steroid cycle. Throw in something like YK11, RAD, and, you know, maybe even LGD, some of these that are going to compete with your nice, hard, expensive steroids for androgen receptors. Uh, You're just paying an additional cost and they might not have any real additional benefits. If you're already spending the money, just spend the money on a little bit more steroids if you want better results. But uh, to spend some money and and go through the trouble of of acquiring black market uh, steroids and then uh, finding, um, you know, over the counter uh, SARMs that are, you know, muscle builders, but uh, fat burners, but aren't as as good at doing it or don't have any additional benefits. Ah, What are you doing? What are you doing? But if you're in between cycles and not injected, not taking anything, if you're just kind of natty and want something better than natty, then yeah, YK11, RAD, you know, these things are going to help. They're going to do something for you. Uh, They're going to give you better than natural results when it comes to muscle building and and to fat burning. Okay, that's if you're a natty guy or you're in between cycles and you definitely just don't want to come off because if you're in between cycles, you should just come off of everything. Take some herbals, uh, just take take a, a, some testosterone boosters to maintain. Take my N2 Slim product to actually help you uh, stay stay nice and, and tight. Take my Bridge product to help you get some good, some of those good uh, side effects, some of those good effects you get from the steroids uh, without suppressing you. And you could ride it out, man, pretty natural that way. Uh, because being on SARMs in between cycles ain't, ain't really natural, guys. But again, going back to the orig- original question, if you're already on steroids, GWSR9009 for endurance fat loss, Osterin uh, for joints and bones and tendons and all that good stuff. As for protect your, your prostate, um, d- do recover faster after each workout. You could stack those. Um, if you're uh, on steroids, um, SR, RAD, 
YK. Um, I'm sorry, I should say Rad YK LGD. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're adding something on that's not as effective as the bottom as the as the base steroids and and they're just whatever. Natural guy, all of those first compounds I said apply, and then you could really see some some incredible benefits out of that Rad and out of that YK11, and I you know you could really see something out of those LGD. See something real out of those. Because you're not taking any steroids, you're, you're 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 using those to get you above and beyond natural. So that's my last uh, last thing that I have to say on it. So give us before we go. Let's say you're a guy in your 30s, 40s. You want to get your testosterone levels up, but you don't want to go on TRT. You don't want to be shut down for the rest of your life. What would be a stack for that? Give us a supplement you could kind of take with your SARM stack. Gotta get your testosterone levels boosted without shutting yourself down forever. Well, I made uh, HC Generate ES, the extra strength version. That's a big, heavy bottle. You take about five and a half grams. That's 5,500 milligrams of ingredients every day in that stack. And it covers everything from testosterone production, lower in prolactin, even blood flow down there. I mean, it's really, really good product for you. It, it's cost me a fortune to make. The amount of money I spent making this product is more than some testosterone boosters retail for. It's a very, very strong product. And you could just take that. Now, if you have other really serious health issues that are, are lowering your testosterone production, you know, the entry the entry generate might not help. My, the entry generate can only help if your Ladyx cells, your testicles, and you're pretty well healthy. You just need a push. There may be some deficiencies going on that are not letting you get all get to the a top testosterone production you can get to. And and when it comes to those, then yes, uh entry generate is gonna is gonna address those pretty, pretty good for you. And that's a that's a really really good one to take also when you're coming off of the SARMs. If you were definitely just buying a Rad and YK11 and LGD uh, because they're better than natural and you don't want to deal with the black market, well then you can use my uh, N2 Generate ES, HC Generate ES Extra Strength. You can use that along with those to just help you get uh get that testosterone boost to help you kind of a uh, post psychotherapy. Uh, you could use it in between. It'll make you feel great. And you'll see the performance benefits out of it. So it's a good, it's a good one to use, guys. Uh, I'd give that a shot as well. Um, you know, uh, if any of you guys are, are looking, um, I'm actually doing a uh, nice GW cycle right now. I'm doing GW, uh, HC Generate, uh, ES. And I, I don't know what else I might throw on there. But I want to, I, I start my New Year's resolutions early. Uh, I like to actually have done the things I want to do uh, by the first of the year. So uh, I'm not really a big resolutions guy. I like to do everything all year, but I've started, you know, last couple of years uh, messing with resolutions and I want to be in some, some really good shape to take some pictures with some of my models uh, come, come the, the, the first of the year. So I'm using GW. And the main thing you want to do when using GW is you want to get the real shit. You want to get the real stuff, something, uh, somebody who tests their product when it comes in. And something that's serious. So, uh, if you guys out there listening and you wanna you wanna know where maybe you can grab some GW, um, hit me up. I might tell you who I'm using today. I might tell you who I'm getting my product from today. Uh, if you wanna find me out there, go to our Ricky R I C K Y V as in Victory Rock R O C K dot com. That's Ricky V Rock dot com. 
that'll send you to a place where you can either friend me on Facebook or send me a message or whatever. And you and I can establish communication and we can, we can talk. And I might tell you where I'm getting my GW today. I might not, who knows. Right. But, um, GW is a good one, man. It's it, out of all the SARMs. It is the one that I feel as though I can't find anything in the steroid realm that really provides those benefits. Uh, Osterin is, is better than DECA. The Nandrolone is at helping your joints along, uh, but it's stronger. But, you know, I don't I don't have any real major injuries right now. So a little bit of Nandrolone it seems to do the job for me pretty good. And so, you know, right now I'm messing with GW and uh, I'll be posting pictures up. So make sure to follow the, the URL, rickybrock.com, and I'll post some pictures up, some progress pics. Uh, maybe I'll tell you guys how my stack went and what I actually did uh, to, to get looking the way I did. And yeah, just hit me up, man. Uh, follow me on, on social and, and we can talk. All right, guys. So that sums it up. This is episode 360. We gave you the numbers of the previous episodes on these particular SARMs. So you can go back. And you can uh, you can listen to them. For Steve Smee and Rick, has been episode 360. We will have another episode coming very shortly. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.